Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Self-Initiative Project Podcast. I'm your host, Jim O'Brien. Hello, and welcome to episode 26. Today, we're going to be talking about thinking through scenarios and what that means to our personal safety. Uh, Before we get started, uh, as I just mentioned, this is episode 26. Now, we don't turn out as many podcasts as some other entities or individuals might, and that's okay. We have a full-time job we have to deal with most of the time, but we we try to turn out a podcast, or we do turn out a podcast once a month. So uh, this is number 26, so you do the math. If this is your first time listening to the Self-Initiative Project podcast, we want to welcome you and thanks for taking time out to listen to this type of material. It's not fun of some of the other stuff out there in podcast land, but we think it's important for folks to listen to this and maybe take away a couple of nuggets of information that they hadn't thought about before. And if you're returning and listening, thank you for listening to us. Either way, thank you for listening to us. And if you like what you hear here or think someone uh, else could benefit from it, please share it. Uh, Please share any of our podcasts. Uh, There's 26 to choose from now. Certainly there's something someone might get something from or at least enjoy a little bit too, maybe. And um, we'd love it if you'd like and share and review and leave us five-star reviews uh, if you do like what you're hearing here. So thinking through scenarios. Uh, Thinking through scenarios is important because maybe you don't take your personal safety as seriously as you should. And Start thinking about scenarios, possibilities, what ifs, what would I do when, what would I do if. Uh, Might get you to start thinking about your personal safety and taking it a little bit more serious. And then, you know, if you are the person that keeps your personal safety and your family's personal safety top of mind, thinking through scenarios has some benefits too, including just enabling you to potentially be better prepared. So what is thinking through scenarios? When we talk about scenarios, this may not be the first time you've heard this concept, but what is thinking through scenarios? And really simply, the short definition in my mind is thinking through um, things and putting a plan in place ahead of time. And that's really what it is. So, you know, relative to your personal safety, what we're talking about is you know, when you think through scenarios, you're thinking about ideas that you think might be possible based on your lifestyle and places you might find yourself. Not everybody does the same things. People go different places, different times. People might have different um, work situations or personal life situations that lead them down different paths. But it's all about thinking ahead of time and getting a a plan in place ahead of time. And look, it's, it's all about making you better prepared to handle a bad situation should it happen. We're fortunate that bad situations don't happen a great percentage of the time, right? Uh, Things could be a lot worse than what they are. But the goal is, is again, to hopefully get you thinking about your personal safety. And then if you are, get you better prepared. Right or wrong, having any sort of plan at all is better than going into a situation or find yourself getting caught off in a situation and not knowing what to do. So why do we want to think about scenarios? Well, we've touched on a couple of these, but uh, thinking through any plan at all is better than not having a plan. You know, like I said, good or bad, right or wrong, having a plan, having something in mind to do, knowing that you've thought through a possible scenario, situation ahead of time, and putting together what you think you would do in your mind ahead of time is going to put you a lot better off should something ever happen should that scenario actually ever occur and unfold. Uh, 
thinking through scenarios ahead of time, I think helps you gain a better understanding of the importance of situational awareness and, you know, the importance of paying attention. So you're better, better able to get away or to avoid a potentially bad situation in the first place. And I think that's really key for thinking through scenarios. That's one of the best benefits is uh, getting you to start realizing that you should pay better attention to your surroundings and know when it's time to go and, uh, uh, again, get away and avoid a, a potentially bad situation. I think thinking through scenarios is an opportunity to realize or to uncover some areas that you may find yourself needing additional training in. Maybe you've never taken a self-defense physical uh training class before and you realize "Hmm, that might not be a bad idea or maybe you don't shoot your firearms if you're if you have firearms and like firearms maybe you don't shoot them as much as you should or maybe you need to think about going to get some training especially if you're wanting whether you're carrying it on your person or just have a firearm in the house for personal defense uh, self-defense scenarios you definitely need to be shooting regularly And you definitely need to be going to get some training on that. And we've talked about that in previous podcasts as well. I think, and we touched upon this uh, right off, is I think it's uh, it helps you to learn the importance of taking your own personal safety seriously. When you start thinking about scenarios and situations that maybe you haven't before, and you find yourself not knowing what you would do, you know, you suddenly realize, oh, I need to maybe do something about this, and one of the things that you can start doing is thinking through these scenarios and practice practicing situational awareness and situational awareness uh, was a podcast we've just done recently. Matter of fact, it was podcast number 25. So right before that. So if you haven't listened to that podcast, I highly recommend it to. And, you know, the self-initiative project um, was founded on the premise that um, your personal safety and preparedness is your responsibility. So I think as you begin to think through situations and scenarios and put together plans ahead of time, you begin to see that really it is up to you because, you know, there's no one coming to save you. It is all up to you and it is your personal uh, responsibility. And then lastly, you know, I think thinking through scenarios and possible situations that could happen and coming up with a game plan ahead of time just illustrates the importance of having a game plan and having a game plan ahead of time because that's going to put you far ahead of the next guy that hasn't thought through any of this stuff. And and why do we need to be worried about things in the first place? Well, you know, unlike you might hear about in the media or see in Hollywood, you can't just wave a gun around in the air and or shoot warning shots at the bad guys. Arguably, there's a lot of things that have gone wrong before firearms ever came into the mix. Showing your firearms, waving around in the air, warning shots, shooting people in the arm or the leg to get them to slow down just isn't realistic and doesn't happen. And, you know, we, you know, I'm thankful for our men and women in blue, our law enforcement officers, LEO, but, you know, 911 is not always going to be there for you. And we've seen some of that recently. And secondly, when things go bad, they usually happen really fast. And so 911 may not even get to you in time. So having a plan, um, knowing, having thought about it ahead of time is going to benefit you in the long run, certainly. 
So I thought what we would do today is um, talk through some scenarios. And my goal is not to give you answers because um, the answer is it depends. A tiny little situation can change within the overall span of a scenario or storyline that could change the whole thing and change the entire outcome. So today is not about giving you answers or black and white solutions to problems. It's about getting you to think for yourselves and, and just give you, some, give you some ideas of scenarios that you might want to think, think through. I know I have. And give you some ideas and get, you, get your juices running, right? Get the brain working and you know, think about what if this were to happen? What would I do if this were to happen? And so just coming up with a list of things. And I've put up several and I reached out to some of my friends and family and asked them what they wanted to know. So I've captured some of those things that we want to talk about here today too. Um, so there's no answers. I'm not going to give any answers. I might, I might give options potentially. And again, the spirit of this is just to give you some scenario ideas so you two have a place to start. And then from there, you can start thinking about other things that you think, again, might could be possible given your lifestyle and the places you find yourself going. I'll also say that I will not be giving any legal advice. There might be a couple of things mentioned, but just be aware this is not meant to be legal advice. Uh, I'm not going to be providing any specific legal advice. And if I do talk about any legalities at all, it will only be from the Georgia perspective. What's, what's law here in Georgia? Not that I'm an expert, but um, I have learned a little bit over the years. So um, every state's different. And so part of you know the scenario should be thinking about legal ramifications and how you would respond and behave and react uh, given the scenarios you come up with for yourself. I'd also like to say, too, that, you know, usually when we talk about personal safety and self-defense, you know, we think about physical techniques, right? Like hopefully this today are outside the physical, um, you know, challenges that you might be faced with. And we're talking about things like avoidance, de-escalation, situational awareness, thinking through scenarios all those things you should be doing ahead of time to hopefully avoid any bad situation in the first place, like we've talked about. But, you know, in these scenarios, and there'll be a couple that we talk through today, you know, even if you felt like you didn't have time to learn or train um, self-defense tech, you know, physical techniques or some of this other stuff that we're going to be walking through, you know, there are scenarios in your life, whether you're you know, you feel like you don't have time to train or, you know, if, if a guy was big enough and strong enough, you just don't feel like you're strong enough to fight back. You know, one of the things that I would ask you to do is get some basic trauma care training. Uh, back on um, podcast number three, we uh, talked about Stop the Bleed program, which is an awesome basic program for learning the basics of trauma care and dealing with severe bleeding. And then podcast number seven, we talked about building out our basic trauma kits. So, you know, even if everything else, even if you've got an excuse, <laughs> like we all do for a lot of things, for avoiding or not dealing with everything else, I would advise you getting some basic trauma care because you, it may not be just you that you're needing to help. It could be a loved one, a family member, or a neighbor, or someone you come up across that needs your help. And because you know what to do now, you can jump in and help and possibly save a life. 
So I think I've talked enough about what scenarios are and what this is and isn't. Um, let's jump in and talk through some scenarios. And again, I'm not going to give legal advice and I'm not going to give necessarily a black and white answer. There might be a couple of places where I give you a pretty good response that you should have. But most of these, again, are just to get your juices flowing and to think through what if, what if, what if, and all the possible outcomes of that and what you think you might do. The first one that I wanted to start with is a really basic one. And um, we've talked about it recently, either in a podcast or one of our Instagram posts. But here's a scenario. Let's say you go out to the grocery store. You've been gone at work all day, whatever it is, wherever you've been after having left the house and you get home and you find your front door ajar. Or maybe for whatever reason, you come around the back of the house and you find your back door ajar and you're pretty sure you locked it or you shut it when you left the house. What should you do? What would you do? Well, in this scenario, at least I've been taught that you should not walk in the house if you don't know. Now, if you've got kids, maybe they're in there and they just didn't push the door all the way closed, right? That could have happened. Uh, maybe you might want to yell through the door to see if somebody that you know, like your significant other, your spouse, or your children are home and see if they answer to you. But what would you do? Well, this is one that I'm going to give you a piece of advice on. The advice that I've been given over the years is whether you yell into the house or not, is do not go in the house unless you know for sure that somebody you know is home and in the house. Uh, do not go in because what you don't want to do is you don't want to catch a robber or a bad guy off guard, right? So back away. If you're fairly certain that no one should be home or no one is home, it's probably a good idea. Simply don't go in, back away, maybe get back in your car and leave or at least get away from the house and call 911. Let, let the guys in blue uh, men and women in blue come and check things out for you. And who knows? Maybe it's nothing. Maybe, maybe little Timmy was down in the basement and just didn't hear you yelling. But, but if a door is left open on your home, never go in. Go away and dial 911 and let them deal with it for you. So one that I think about often because I'm not one of these guys to back into my garage. I have a garage with a garage door, not a carport. And so I don't back into my garage. You know, I pull in straight and I do most of my own car maintenance. And even if I'm not doing maintenance out, I might be wiping it down or vacuuming it out. And I feel like one of the weakest points that I'm at is when I've got my loud shop vac running and I'm down on my hands and knees inside sweeping out the front floorboards, the driver's side or the passenger side, whatever it is, I, I can't hear because the shop vac's blaring loud and my vision is blocked because I'm inside the car. I'm at a weak point because I'm leaned over inside the car. You know, what do you do? Have you ever been in your garage and had someone walk up the driveway unexpectedly? Maybe it was your neighbor. Maybe it was the guy trying to sell you the Sunday newspaper again for the 12th time. Have you had that happen? Have you thought about how you would respond? That's a good one. I find myself thinking through that one a lot. So I know one of the, and I touched upon it earlier, just as a sidebar note here, I know one of the major reasons that people give 
especially women, is that they just don't feel like they have a lot of time to do- to dedicate to themselves, to take time out for themselves. And you know, that's the great thing about what we're talking about here today is when you think through scenarios, you can think through scenarios at any time. And two times that I can think of that are fantastic that you always have is times that you're in traffic, sitting in the car, driving to work or going to pick up the kids. You can take a few minutes then to think about what if and what would I do when this happened, this thing happened? Or maybe you're in the shower, right? Instead of singing, um, maybe you start thinking about through some of these scenarios. So time is less of a factor when it's thinking power. So just take advantage of some times that you have, some downtime that you do have in your life where you don't have to go out of your way to take extra time or make special time and start thinking through some of this. So maybe you're at the grocery store parking lot, right? Pretty common. We all got to go shopping for groceries. So maybe we're in the parking lot and someone is approaching and they're walking straight to you. Maybe they say something, maybe they don't. But what would you do? How would you deal with that? Would you, would you even know that somebody was coming? Or are you the type that has your smartphone in your hand looking down at it all the time? Are you the type that walks slouched over looking at your feet as you go across the parking lot? You know, there's a lot to be said and a lot of credence to carrying yourself confidently and carrying yourself as though you're paying attention, aware of your environment, even when you maybe not be as aware as you should be just by making it a point to seem like it is your seem like you're paying attention. You actually will be paying attention. So walking with your shoulders back, your head up, your head on the swivel, as they say, looking around. Anyone that you see, you know, maybe acknowledging them doesn't mean staring them down or approaching them because you don't want to be the aggressor, right? But um, paying attention to someone that is approaching you doesn't get the drop on you. You know, get so close up on you into your personal space that you don't have as much of a reaction as you could. So what would you do if someone's approaching? Maybe maybe you uh, glance at them in the eye or give them a nod to acknowledge that they're coming. Uh, maybe you're sure to be walking out towards the middle of the parking lot and not right up against the back of parked cars to give yourself more room should something happen and to not allow yourself to be easily grabbed when you're walking so close up against those cars. Look, if a car is coming towards you, you can simply move out of the way for that minute. Or if you hear a car coming behind you, um, you can move out of the way for a minute, but get in the habit of walking, maybe not dead smack dab in the middle of the aisle, but walking out away from the parked cars to give yourself more space and, to, you know, dissuade anyone from grabbing you between those parked cars. But what would you do if they were approaching you? Do you acknowledge them? Do you cut over an aisle? Um, do you go back inside? What if they say, hey, ma'am, I'm, or hey, mister, I'm looking for directions. Do you talk to them? Do you enforce, set and enforce boundaries of your personal space? So if they keep trying to walk up on you, you say, no, I'm, you're good right there. What can I help you with? Or I'm, I've got to go. I'm, I'm on the call with some, I got to take a call or I'm on the way home. You know, I got to go. What do you do? Do you set and enforce boundaries? Do you be, are you firm with them when you address them? Uh, Hopefully you don't let them so close that they're in your personal space now and you've taken away options and response time. So that grocery store parking lot is a great one too, I think. So same one, you're at the grocery store. Now you're 
to your car and you maybe you've got your kid on your hip, maybe the kid's already in the back seat, you're leaned over in the car and you're unloading your groceries or you're turned facing the trunk and you're picking groceries out of the buggy and you turn and lower them down in the trunk and someone is magically standing right behind you. What do you do? What do you do? Again, opportunity for boundaries, opportunity for firmness, opportunity to, you know, hurry up what you're doing and, and get out of there. Right. Especially if you've got a kid with you or is already in the car. I like the uh, grocery lot, the grocery parking lot scenarios a lot because that's honestly where we find ourselves that or the mall, right? Stores in general. So, you know, uh, one that I've thought about a lot too, and, um, you know, a lot of things come into play, but let's say we've gone to a sporting event or we're at a concert of some sort. Um, I went to kiss, uh, last year and it was fantastic dating myself a little bit. And maybe you don't like hard rock, but I'm telling you that was a great show. Anyway, you know, you, you, after the show or the, or the baseball game, whatever it is, you're coming back and you're having to walk through a dark garage, a dark parking lot, whatever it is, you know, hopefully you parked somewhere up close. If you could, hopefully you parked under lighting if there was any available. And hopefully, like we just talked about, you are walking more down the center of the driveway, the aisle, so to speak, than walking up against the back of parked cars to make sure you've given yourself enough space. But let's say you're in that dark garage or in that dark parking lot after a sporting event and you hear, you hear voices coming and they're getting closer. You hear footsteps, whatever it is, or you see a group approaching. What do you do? Are you close to your car? Do you have another hundred yards to go before you get there? Are you by yourself or with family or friends? Are you near a staircase? Are you near an exit so that if you felt really uncomfortable or you were listening to that gut instinct, like we talked about in episode 25, you're responding to it, not worried about what the other people might think about you. What would you do? I think that's a good one because there's a lot of us, myself included, obviously, like I just mentioned, you know, we go into concerts regularly or at least a half and sporting events even more so. How many times have you gotten out of a football game or a baseball game and it's well after dark and you've got a, you got the five mile march across the giant parking lot to get to your car. These are the sorts of things you need to be thinking through. And again, it's not about coming up with answers because I can come up with answers of things I think I might do, but this is for your benefit. It's to get you thinking what you would do and what works best for you and having that plan ahead of time. So another one that I like to think about is I'm sitting at home watching TV or I'm in the kitchen cooking or I'm in the back of the house. Maybe I'm even getting a shower. I don't know. And I hear glass break or I hear someone not knocking nicely or ringing the doorbell normally, but really pounding on my front door. What do I do? What do I do? Do I have a safe room? You know, in past podcasts, we've talked about the importance of having a safe room. You know, we're not, we're not, most of us aren't military or former military or law enforcement. We shouldn't be thinking that we're going to sweep and clean and clear our house, right? It's very dangerous. So the better course of action for most of us is to have a safe room and have that in the mix. And if you don't know what a safe room is or don't have one, 
I recommend going back and listening to our podcast on making our homes safer. We talk about it some then, but doing some research on what a safe room is in your house and and getting uh, that equipped to go to. So do you go to your safe room? Do you try to call 911? Do you yell out at the person that's kicking or banging on the front door loudly that you're on the phone and your boyfriend or your husband or whoever's going to be over in a few minutes? Do you call 911 on the spot? I don't know what's right for you. But those common scenarios that we don't think twice of because we generally think and feel like we're completely safe in our home. And for the most part, we are. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't take a moment to think about what those what ifs when we're home. You know, taking that that scenario a little bit further, I've thought about this one a few times myself. So I'm sitting in my leather chair with my feet up on the ottoman watching Netflix or Amazon Prime, whatever. And not only is someone pounding on the front door, they get the front door open and I'm sitting there. Holy cow, what am I going to do? Now for me, my front door is probably less than 10 feet from my said leather chair, from my leather chair that I sit in all the time to watch movies and whatever. What in the heck am I going to do in that scenario? Do I have a tool? Do I have a self-defense tool nearby? Do I have a gun or knife on my person? Is my cell phone near me so I can grab it as I get up? I don't know. What would you do? What would you do? So, you know, here's one for some of the younger of us, right? So maybe you're at a college party and who knows, maybe you're with friends, maybe you're not this particular night, you'd had a rough week and your friends were tied up and busy, but you were bound and determined to get out of the dorm or out of the house, whatever. And you went out by yourself or maybe your friends are with me or (laughs) with you. So you're, you, you go to a, you go to a college party, maybe it's at a bar, maybe it's at a dorm, maybe it's at a frat house, sorority house, whatever. And maybe a guy or a group of guys, um, start talking aggressively to the women at the party, to the ladies at the party and even to you. Um, and, and maybe, and maybe they not only are talking aggressive, but they're saying inappropriate things. What are you going to do? How would you handle that? Do you have boundaries for yourself? Are you letting those guys get into your personal space? Are you allowing them to grope you? What happens if they do get close enough and decide to grab or touch you? What are you going to do? Do you have the boundaries? Do you have that monster firm voice that we all have deep inside of us? Are you going to let it out? What are you going to do? Are you going to leave the party? That might not be such a bad idea, right? Get away. So, uh, a similar scenario, maybe you're at a bar and look, these scenarios that I run through, some of them might have uh, sex male or female implied, but I don't really, I wasn't really intending that just the way some of these, like this last one, I just talked about the college scenario. I'm thinking female, right? it's just as important for females to think through scenarios as it is males. So there's a mixed bag here, but these really apply or could apply to anyone. So, you know, kind of extending on the one we just talked about, maybe, uh, maybe you're at a public bar in a, you know, a bar hopping district or whatever. And, you know, you meet a guy that night, um, assuming uh, female, maybe not, that's okay too. But you meet a guy that night. And, um, 
you know, when you leave the bar for the evening later, maybe you guys hung out the whole night. Maybe he was just nice enough and dropped by and said hi, and you didn't feel like getting hit on, whatever. Maybe he bought you a drink and moved on, whatever. But as you leave the bar, you're noticing he happens to be leaving the bar at the same time you are. Or worse yet, you leave the bar late that night, and that person, that individual is out by your car somehow. Somehow he found out what car you came in. Somehow he knew what car you were there in. And he's out waiting beside it for you to come out of the bar. What do you do? Do you try to get around him to get into your car, get your car unlocked and get out of there? Do you tell him he should shove off and what the heck? You know, again, boundaries and using our firm voice sometimes. Or do you turn around and go back in the bar? Or, you know, do you turn back in and and, um, go back in the bar and ask someone to walk you out? Ask the bartender for help. What do you do? Thinking about these things, that's, that's not a far-fetched scenario. Completely plausible scenario for someone that you weren't looking f- to following out of the place that you were. Maybe it's just a restaurant following you out of the place or already being out in the parking lot or even worse, next to your car waiting on you. What do you do? So one that I had to deal with back in the day on occasion, and some of my friends dealt with it regularly because they were in charge of it, is you're leaving your place of work. Maybe you work at a pizzeria or something. It's late at night, place is shut down, it's time to go home, and you're in charge of making the deposit the next morning at the bank. And you've got to go outside with the till. Are you safe? Have you checked the parking lot before you went out? Maybe you get all the way outside and there's a group approaching. What do you do? What do you do? Are you prepared to, are you one to have a gun? Is the gun in the till with the cash, in the pouch with the cash? That probably won't do you any good. Is it on your person? Do you know these people have intent or not? Do they look threatening? Have they threatened you? Well, if they haven't, you likely can't do anything with that firearm anyway. Maybe you don't have a firearm and they're approaching. They look kind of thuggish, hoodies on, pants around their, down below their butts. Whatever it is, you know, what do you do? Have you a plan? Uh, one that we don't like to think about a lot, one that I certainly don't think about a lot, and but is pretty common or can happen and arguably could happen more easily or more frequently than some of these other scenarios we've talked about. But let's say you're out one day, one night, doesn't really matter, and you're in a bad car accident, and your spouse beside you or in the back seat or your friend, you realize as soon as the car stops, the vehicle stops moving, or maybe you've lost conscious, and as soon as you become conscious again, you notice your spouse or your friend is still in the car, and they're bleeding severely, and 911 Maybe, maybe hasn't been called yet. Maybe there's no one else around and they're bleeding bad. They got cut bad. They're bleeding severely. Do you have gear on hand? Do you know what to do? Do you know what to do if you didn't have gear on hand? Can you get to your phone to call 911? What are you going to do? You're going to sit there and let them bleed out? This is why I said earlier, you know, Having some basic trauma care knowledge and being able to deal and stop severe bleeding 
is oh so important, if nothing else. And that car accident scene is very possible. Or let's say there's no one else in the car, but you come to if you were knocked out and you realize you're bleeding severely from your leg or from your arm. What are you going to do? Do you have a kit in the car? Do you know how to apply a tourniquet? Do you know how to compress a wound to get it to slow or stop bleeding? Again, a a very viable scenario. Have you put any thought into it? You know, one that we see, uh, or at least I've seen, because I watch a lot of videos of horrible things, just so I kind of understand things a little better than the normal person, but uh, one that's fairly common that I see a lot of videos from is gas station parking lots or the out around the pumps. And if you've been following us on Instagram, uh, you'll know that we've given some safety tips, quite a few safety tips around vehicles, you know, how to make your vehicle more more safe, um, safer inside and outside the vehicle. And we've talked about some things specifically dealing with what you should and shouldn't be doing at the gas station. But let's say you're at a gas station and you're pumping gas like any other time and someone's approaching you. You're pretty sure they're not heading towards their car. Now, maybe they are, but you haven't been able to make that determination yet. They're coming. They're making a beeline straight towards you. What are you doing? Are you paying attention? Do you even know they're walking your way? Are your doors locked? Are you wedged between the gas pump and the side of your car holding onto the nozzle or are you stepped behind or in front or beside the car on the opposite side to stay out of that tight, as they say, kill zone? Where are you and what are you prepared to do as that person approaches you? It's a very, very common scenario. Very possible. Same thing, mall parking lot. You know, we've got a lot of, we, you know, and that's all thinking through scenario is about is just thinking about common everyday things that we do situations that we might find ourselves in and we're we're in them all the time right how many times have we go to the grocery store once a week twice a week every day i've got some friends that shop for meals every day because they never know what they're going to eat how often are you at a store or an event you know so thinking through scenarios isn't about getting wild and wacky hollywood it's about thinking things that you would do normally so Yeah, mall parking lot's another one. Approached. Again, where are you? Is it nighttime? Is it lit? Are you alone? Are you in a group? What are you guys doing? All these things. And again, you may not have the most awesome thought-out plan in the world that's going to work. You won't know until you try. But again, the idea is at least you've thought about it. And at least you have a plan so that when and if the day something happens, you know what you're going to do. And knowing what you're going to do ahead of time puts you way ahead of the person that hasn't given a single bit of thought. So the last scenario that I wanted to talk about that was brought up by a dear friend of mine is I'm hiking. Maybe I'm hiking the AT, the Appalachian Trail. Maybe I'm hiking a really great place trail up in Maine and I'm alone. I've decided that I've got to prove to myself that I can make this trip. Should I make this trip? I don't know, but I'm going to, cause I've got to prove this to myself. Maybe I've got to show some people what I'm capable of too, but in the mix, I'm going to make this trip and I'm doing it alone. Are you prepared? 
And we're not talking about all the gear because I bet you if you took that type of trip, you'd be doing your research ahead of time. And maybe you already have quite a bit of gear because going on big hikes and going on backpacking camping trips is normal for you. But you're going to be thinking about your gear and what you want to take and what you want to leave behind and what weight savings you're going to have. You're going to be thinking about that. But have you thought about what happens if you fall down and break your leg or, or twist your ankle severely? What are you going to do? Maybe you fall off a cliff and get bad lacerations on the way down and you're bleeding out profusely. What are you going to do? Do you have the kit? Do you have a kit? Do you have anything beyond a basic first aid kit with alcohol swabs and band-aids and neosporin? A first aid kit's not going to get do you a bit of good in those scenarios. So do you have the gear? And are you trained enough to be able to work that gear and apply it even to yourself? Because no one else is around, right? Maybe while you're on that hiking trip, a stranger approaches. I would believe that Since you're hiking alone, anyone you come across is going to be a perfectly good stranger. Maybe this person is shifty-eyed. Maybe they seem overly nice. Maybe they fit the profile and are exercising common techniques used by predators to get and gain your trust. Do you know enough? Are you trained well enough? Have you read enough to recognize some of those so you know not to engage with them? What if you're out there and they try something bad with you physically or engage in a verbal altercation with you, what do you do? Do you have a cell phone on you? Can it get signal? Are you close to a a ranger station or a main road? Are you deep 20 miles into the woods with no one else around? Do you know what to do? You know, do you have your knife on you? Can you pick up a stick? Can you blow a whistle? Whatever it might be, the point is, is that you need to be thinking about these things and then hopefully putting a plan in place ahead of time. And so with that, I want to wrap up our episode talking about thinking through the scenarios, thinking through scenarios and the importance of doing so when taking our personal safety into account. Again, hopefully if you start thinking through scenarios, it's going to be one way to get you to start thinking about some things like your personal safety and realizing that it is your responsibility. And then if you are someone, which hopefully you are, that takes your personal safety more seriously, at least thinking through scenarios still benefits you as much or if not even more because you're going to have the opportunity to think about things ahead of time and most importantly get a game plan in place so that when and if the day happens, which again, is generally rare, but if it were to happen, you're a hundred times ahead of the game to the next person because you have thought about it ahead of time and you put a game plan together for yourself and you don't even have to think about it. You just execute and put it into motion. So I hope this episode has really been helpful. I hope you've taken away some things. I hope it's made you think about some things you haven't before. Um, And actually, I hope you do start thinking about some things, some scenarios ahead of time. And um, if you find this episode useful, please share it with your friends, put it on Facebook, social media, wherever, Uh, like us, follow us, and uh, go back through and listen to some of our our past podcasts as well. We've got some good stuff out there, Uh, situational awareness, the importance of mindset, 
firearms safety and some other good topics. Oh, and even how to put together your trauma kits. I think we mentioned that earlier. So we appreciate you listening in and uh, we'll hope to have you back the next time. Thanks so much for listening.